Welcome back to Wednesday Night Fight Back. Now, this week we're going to tackle something which is quite controversial, potentially, which is the Russia-Ukraine war. And it's just over a year since Russia's reprehensible invasion of Ukraine. And uh, a number of observations come out of it, I think, um, which I'll, I, I need to discuss with you, Michael. So the first observation I think that comes out of it is that after a year of slugging it out and awful situation, uh, neither Russia nor Ukraine has the upper hand milit- militarily. And it therefore seems unlikely that you're going to get Russia cleared out of every bit of Ukraine, and it seems unlikely that the Russians are going to have a military victory themselves. Do you agree with that? Well, if that's what's going to happen, then that will be what happens in most wars. Uh, I mean, I think we are habituated uh, by the First World War and the Second World War by thinking that uh, uh, wars end with victory or defeat, uh, complete victory, complete defeat. And of course, historically, that doesn't tend to be the case. What tends to happen is the exhaustion, uh, extraordinary punishing costs of continuing the war, and an agreed armistice on grounds which are essentially unattractive to both sides, but which they can live with, albeit they tell themselves they're going to live with it temporarily. So Mm. uh, maybe that's what we're heading towards here. Yeah, I would agree with that. Actually, and historically, another thing that tends to happen and has happened uh, in many places is that human beings uh, opt for an awful compromise like partition of a country, and that's very common, Ireland, Cyprus, Germany, uh, Korea, Vietnam spring to mind. And um, but you know what, what what worries me is that this this war this awful war could drag on for you know many 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 years. And look at Afghanistan. You know, best part of twenty years the West was involved there. So um, yeah, we'd hope that we can we can we can end it in some way. But it's very difficult. There seems to be no particularly satisfactory uh, way that you can envisage it being ended. Well, I think you've got two sides with two different sort of agendas. You can't ever see the Ukrainians giving up at this point. No. Um, I mean, you know, the, you look at the history of the, 20, the 20th century with Russia, and it's just terrible. And mm. now this invasion, they're, they're not going to give up. No, um, nor should they. So, nor should they. So their capacity to resist will be dependent only on as long as basically the West continues to arm them. Uh, mm. For Russia, on the other hand, it's it's a different case. It's really not at all clear that Russia has uh, an absolutely existential need to conquer uh, Ukraine. And if it did mm. conquer it, my God, can you imagine the costs of keeping it? <laughs> it's just mm. the same yeah. cost of keeping it. So yeah. I would have thought that Russia had more uh, to gain by an armistice uh, than, than, than Ukraine. So I think it's sort of on them, really. Well, let's just go into that, because one of the other observations which I'd make, well, just over a year into this, is that the sanctions that the West has correctly put on Russia haven't been, there hasn't been unanimity across the world, has there? That's an interesting observation. So you've got, you know, basically the the United States, Canada, the EU, Britain, and you've got Australia, New Zealand, you know, possibly Singapore, South Korea, you know, some oils getting through to Japan and things. But the rest of the world, it's an interesting observation, the rest of the world, isn't doesn't seem particularly bothered uh, so there's two questions why do you think that is and what what has caused that reaction well i, I think there, there there are two things um i think firstly 
my goodness me, we do like to tell the world what's the good thing to do, don't we? Where I mean, mm. across an absolutely massive range of subjects, we in the West mm. like to tell people what how they should behave, which isn't mm. always a, a good look. Mm. And it's particularly mm. not a good look when, in recent living memory, we've made such a mess of invading places uh, like Iraq, obviously, like Libya, obviously, like Afghanistan. Um, so I think these countries will probably look at the West and say, oh, good goodness me, they're lecturing us again about what we should do, and yet look at them. You know, mm. not exactly paragons of virtue, are they? And also, you have to remember, and uh, this is something uh, which we don't like to admit, is that uh, the West, and Britain in particular, has spent uh, the last couple of hundred years trying to conquer these people, and in some mm. cases conquering and enslaving them. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not necessarily obvious that they're going to view us automatically as the good guys, even if we. Yeah, are. I I would agree. I think yes, yeah, to some extent, the West just Western influence seems to be waning. There's a lot of talk of multipolarity in the world and the challenge of China, which is obvious. But yeah, that the the um, speed with which people, yes, okay, I'll agree to whatever America and the, the West wants. It seems to be waning rapidly. One thing that you flagged up finally, just to, to tackle this, you flagged up the possibility of uh, an important election in Turkey that could change things. Could you describe oh, what, what you mean? Yeah, I do think this this could be important. And it's I haven't seen it mentioned a great deal. But look, this summer we have uh, elections in Turkey which may or may not overthrow uh, Erdogan. Now, Erdogan, uh, for whatever you may think of him, and uh, you know he has been repressive in many ways, mm. but he has played a very, very canny game, uh, intermediating between Ukraine and Russia and Iran, actually, mm. Uh, mm. and keeping all those doors half shut, half half open. Um, mm. And I think that's been of enormous benefit to the region as a whole. And I worry frankly, and this is going to be very unpopular, I worry that if Erdogan doesn't get elected, re-elected, and is replaced by someone who is just plainly pro-Western, mm. then Russia will feel itself massively more encircled. Uh, and that, I think, would be very dangerous. I think it would be very dangerous. If uh, Russia finds out that they now have someone in Istanbul who can close the Bosphorus, mm. Um, then, you know, what's the point in having Crimea? <laughs> you know, it's uh, they're yeah. already encircled. Their warm water port would be gone, at which point I think all bets are off for what Russia might do. So I, I kind of worry a lot about that election, yeah. Well, we should follow it, Michael. I mean, what, one of, I've argued consistently that uh, a key aim for the West in, in the Russia-Ukraine conflict is to make sure that we don't get escalation and, and uh, this conflict spilling elsewhere, because actually historically that has precedent as well. So let's let's watch what happens in uh, Turkey with interest. But thanks very much for your your comments. Okay, take care. And you too. 